Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Here we are one more time, once again, in our series, Letters to Leaders. This is episode number six, and we are going to have a very, very good time looking at this. Although it is not necessarily on the surface a good time, but having an understanding is what our goal is today, to help us to understand better what it is that um, being a leader requires of us in order to lead. And so we talked about before that the leader just means a person of influence. So there's leaders on all levels. Now, we did take some time to talk about church leaders in uh, particular, but now we're talking about leaders in general, some things that we need to make sure that we're looking at uh, and have knowledge of so that as we go forward, it doesn't catch us off guard. And so we are on, like I said, we are on episode six. Our first episode of uh, this series was called or subtitled, This Is You. The second episode of this series was subtitled, Personally Responsible. The third episode, The Best Character. The fourth episode, Bonafide Leader. The fifth episode, Leading Positionally. And uh, episode number six, this episode is subtitled, Painful Endurance. Painful Endurance. And we have to recognize that Christian leaders will suffer at times and should speak truth and love to those who oppose them. We will lead with love and truth in times of conflict. I want to hit that last part one more time. We will lead with love and truth in times of conflict. One more time. We will lead with love and truth in times of conflict. Now, one of the things I want to bring out about this is that we will have conflict. We will have opposition. We will have those that do not agree with us. But how do we go through and continue to lead? Why, uh, why do some, they get to that opposition and they say, I just don't want to lead no more. I don't want to do this no more. I'm done with it. What is it that we have to do? And, 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 and the reason that we went with painful endurance, that we have to work through this, is that sometimes it actually hurts to be the leader that you need to be in order to get where you're supposed to be. But we have to endure. We have to go through in order to lead. So let's talk about our definitions. Our first definition is leader. One that leads or conducts. A guide. A conductor. An influencer. Our second definition is lead. Directions are given by example. Direction is given by example. Our third Definition, endurance, continued existence in time, the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. Painful is characterized by 
or attended by pain, careful effort, taking care, I mean, great care or trouble and pain. Pain is an unpleasant sensation and an emotional experience that links to tissue damage. I just added the tissue damage because it was in the definition, but I just found it uh, kind of humorous when I was writing it. Because sometimes pain, uh, it could be an emotional pain, but it, like we say, it hurts my heart. You know, we say things like that to let us know the significance of that level of pain that has been caused. So let's talk about painful endurance. We're going to go to 2 Timothy, the second chapter, and we're going to look at a few verses, and then we're going to jump uh, jump down to a couple verses, and then we're going to call it uh, a day for our scripture reading. 2 Timothy, the second chapter, starting at that third verse, this is the English Standard Version, and it says in verse number three, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits when his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he compete, competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crop. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. For which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God it is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy for, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If, there, if we are faithless, let us remain faithful. For he cannot deny himself. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Let's jump down to 2 Timothy, the second chapter, starting at the 22nd verse. And it says this. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opposition with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that it will grow thereby. In Jesus' name we pray. So, as we have looked at this, remember, we are talking about painful endurance, going through the pain of conflict and opposition in order to lead or to enhance those that you are leading. To start this off, Paul himself is writing from a prison. 
Both of these epistle, uh, pastoral epistles were written from his Roman jail cell. When he was writing to the two letters to Timothy and the one letter to Titus, he was under incarceration. He was chained up and he was held down, but he still went forth showing what needs to be done, being an example of how to do what he was asking them to do. Because Paul is now sur uh, surrounded by persecution. He's surrounded by betrayal. He's surrounded by suffering. And he still is focused on building up the body of Christ. He is not so much concerned about himself. He's concerned about those who look to him to be a leader. If you are the leader of your family, are your family members looking to you for leadership? We would hope that they are. But sometimes it feels like everything is coming against you and you don't want to lead. But that is the position that you're in because you are the influencer of the group. So you have to push through the pain. You, you have to go through it knowing that if I don't go through it, and just stay in it, I will be defeated. So you don't want to be defeated. You want to go forth in the power of God so that you can have victory in this situation. So Paul is explaining to Timothy. He says, listen, suffering, going through is a part of leadership. If we really look at it, we are to suffer just like Jesus suffered. Jesus was and is our perfect leader. And he went through the hurt, the shame, the disgust, the ridicule, because his goal was in sight and he knew that he had to endure. And so it says, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. So what we want to do is to not get stopped in the middle of what's hurting us, but to begin to focus on what it is that we're moving towards. And people will begin to follow you as they see that you cannot be dissuaded, that you cannot be disturbed, you cannot be stopped, but you will continue to go on and people will grab hold of that and they will go through. But to be the leader, sometimes you got to go where no one else wants to go. You have to do what no one else wants to do because you have uh, been given the gift to see what's on the other side so you have to go ahead and push through so that everybody can get to the other side. The part of the suffering that uh, Paul was addressing to Timothy was these people were coming in trying to pull down the name of Jesus. They were telling all these different stories and being in conflict. And so he's having to deal with the craziness of these people that are teaching these lies to uh, the congregation. And so he says, when you're dealing with those types of people, those folks that are telling false doctrine, that are giving things that are not true, Paul says you got to speak the truth 
and correct, but you do not condemn. You have to speak the truth to allow them to be redeemed, for them to realize that what they are saying is contrary. Now, he's not saying to argue with them. He's saying that you speak the truth in such a way to cause them to consider that they may be teaching the wrong thing. We don't want to make it adversarial. We want to make it as a leader that everybody becomes a part of the team and goes in the same direction. So even if someone in your organization, your group is talking contrary, we don't go in with the hammer. We go in with the understanding that I want to give them clarity to what it is so that they can make the decision, the conscious decision, the conscious decision to do the right thing. So, Paul was saying, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone. Opponents must be gently instructed in hope that God will grant them repentance through uh, repentance, leading them to knowledge of the truth. So we are to speak truth to those that are against us, to speak truth to those who oppose us, but also not to speak it in such a way that is pounding, but we have to allow God to work on their hearts and their minds. One of the things that I, I can see when we look at how Jesus led, he was not uh, devastating when he was giving truth. He gave truth to cause change. He gave proof to cause uh, them to think. He caused truth to move them from where they are to where they needed to be. So God wants us to also function as we don't walk in there with a hammer and try to beat them down like they had nailed and just keep pounding and pounding and pounding. He wants us to come in with love and truth and to do unto them as we would have them do unto us so that we're kind, we're considerate. We speak the truth. We speak it in such a way that it is loving. And so then they become convicted not by the... Uh, the power or the force of our words, but by the gentleness of God's spirit that causes them to change what it is that they are in opposition about. We got to remember that until we heard the truth that we were once lost and that we had some belief systems that were not in line with God. And we have to realize that just yesterday you were in that same predicament. But someone spoke something to you that caused your mind to go in a different direction, to cause your spirit to say, I want more, and you went for it. But we, he wants us, uh, God does want us to declare who he is. He wants us to uh, be excited and enthusiastic about how we're going to do this. Also, we have to be uh, graceful in our presentation. We got to, uh, like the Bible says, we have to let our words be as grace seasoned with salt that so it's a pleasant taste to the person. They may not necessarily like it at first, but as they keep eating on it, it causes them to change how they look and react. So we want to give truth. We want to proclaim the truth. We want to de uh, declare the truth. But we have to be graceful 
in how we deliver the truth that we are delivering. Excuse me. So that they can have the opportunity to change or reposition themselves from where they were previously. Now, uh, some one of the notes is some of the uh, most influential leaders in history were oppressed and mistreated. And they overcame them struggles to make the world better for all. One leader that stands out in everyone's mind as it talks about being leading in the midst of struggle would be Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he was going forward in this fight against segregation uh, in a fight for civil rights. Uh, one of the situations is where they went down to Alabama in order to do a march and he got uh, arrested in Birmingham and the, the, the local clergy actually wrote an op-ed piece in the paper telling Dr. King and the folks that he brought that they didn't need them there that they could work everything else out themselves and you know you're causing issues you're causing problems you're causing pain you just don't get out of Birmingham get out of Birmingham and in the midst of those preachers coming against him he wrote his letter called letters from a Birmingham jail and he brings out the fact that there has to be when we're leading to the things that are right, there are going to be folks that want to keep the status quo. They want to keep things the way they were because they don't want to change. But change is what's necessary in order for us to get the equality that we are seeking for. And so, although Dr. King was persecuted and he suffered for his faith and for his race. He did not believe in retaliation. And he did not give evil for evil. He operated in a biblical context which allowed the Spirit of God to come in and touch the hearts of the oppressors. And Dr. King, through his leadership, that sure reveals that true change can occur even in the face of opposition. That things can be changed. And so we have this uh, painful endurance that we have to go through. I'm quite sure there were nights where Dr. King probably couldn't sleep as he is mulling over the tragedy, the, the uh, pain that the people were going through. But they were willing to just relax and just say this is the way it was. But he, he had to endure, he had to push through the pain and he had to endure the uh, obstacles and the opposition to get to where he had the vision for the people to be. 
And so sometimes because we've been beat up so much and we've been beat down and, you know, fighting for, we, you know, we're sitting there fighting for uh, Jesus and for the word of God that sometimes uh, we as Christians, we struggle to reflect those teachings. Um, there's a popular song out right now. Uh, part of the lyrics says, uh, try Jesus, don't try me, because I fight. Now, it, it is a truism, but it is not supposed to be the truth. Another part of it says, the Bible says, turn the other cheek. But that don't sit right with me. And so it is a struggle sometimes to live these principles that Jesus has told us to live, that he has given us, that he has example for us to live. And even, especially now in this social media conversation uh, <laughs> You know, you you're not you don't have to look a person in their eyes when you say something environment. So you just say whatever be, through the the uh, through the conveyance of social media, and it can cause problems because it causes conflict. Because sometimes what we say in social media is not what we would say in face to face, and sometimes. What we say in social media is a total uh, misrepresentation of what Christ would have said or done. And so part of that painful endurance is avoiding sitting up there using social media as the uh, hammer to beat down someone or to attack someone so that you can feel good about the pain that they may have initiated in you. So, we sit and we, instead of debating or having a conversation about um, the issue and then coming to an agreement, sometimes it's an agree to disagree, agree, agree. So we see... Even uh, folks start attacking one another. They start talking about each other, put, trying to put each other down. But the way that we uh, uh, get established, the Bible says, come, let us reason together. Come, let us reason together. Let us discuss this through. Let's try to understand each other's point. The Bible also says, how can two walk in unity or walk together unless they be in agreement with one another? How can that happen? There has to be some conversation that pushes us to having what we call today the tough conversations, the real conversations, not the surface things, but we get down to the truth, the real, the transparent, so that we can come in unity and harmony. So if I was to throw something out, out to you, I would say, does 
your social media uh, environment provide an atmosphere where truth can be discussed and where there will not be any arguments or any uh, downgrading, downplaying, no attacking. Is that the kind of social media environment that you're creating? Because even in the social media world, we are supposed to reflect who Christ is in this world and in our lives. So we sometimes have to painfully endure what's coming in our mind to say to this person or type back to this person because they said something that has assaulted us or attacked us and we want to retaliate, but we want to live, we want to reflect Jesus even in social media. And so this makes me think about my uh, final little thing that I wanted to bring up about, about this. Sometimes when we are when we see or we're going through, we're leading and it's painful because it seems like everybody's going against us. It seems like nobody wants to be on our side. It just seems like we're doing this all alone and we should just not even do it because it's just a headache and it's just causing pain and problems. But if we do not lead, then People will not know what they can achieve because part of what we do as leaders is we help folks to become better in their lives. So we're going to close right now, but I want to point out this scripture as we talk about being uh, a person that is painfully enduring, that is going through, that we're doing this without uh giving up it comes from second corinthians the fourth chapter the 17th and the 18th verses it says for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transitions are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We have to lead, and we have to know that the pain is temporary. What we're going through, the conflict that we're going is temporary. All of this is temporary. What we can see is temporary, but we have to keep working. We have to keep building it. We got to keep constructing. The eternal things, showing the fruit of the Spirit. We have to go through it. Um, the Bible talks about how Jesus endured the pain. He endured the cross because he kept sight of the of being seated at the right hand of the Father. And because of that, we also have to get locked into the heavenly uh goals or heavenly responsibilities do and translate those things into the earth and although we may get some pushback and it may have to cause us to work to, to, to do what's necessary we have to painfully no matter how painful it is we have to endure that in order to lead in the way that God wants us to lead our leadership is not based upon 
feeling good. Our leadership is based upon our actions to do what is right and correct in the sight of God. So we have to push to be that leader. We have to endure to be that leader. We have to stand up to be that leader that when opposition comes, whether it's opposition in how uh, our teachings, whether it's oppositions in how we look, whatever the opposition is, we want to let the love of God to reflect from our actions. We want to make it preeminent in our lives and we want people to have opportunity to change their mind about how they feel and how they've been looking at this and to grab hold of eternal life that God has presented to them. And so that's what we want to do. That's where we want to go. We want to be the leader that painfully endures. That endures the situation so that others can be encouraged. So that others can see that it can be done. So that others will know that you are operating at a whole nother level. Because you're operating at the level of the kingdom of God. If you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and not accepted Jesus, today is a good day as any in order to do that. The Bible says this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And that word saved means delivered, rescued. And what he's delivering you, rescuing you from, is from the penalty of sin. The Bible says that the penalty of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says if you call on Him, that He will answer and show you great and mighty things. The Bible also says that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So today, I want to encourage you to make that decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. And when you do make that decision, what I would love for you to do is to let us know through our email at info at godshousecc.com that you accepted Christ. And we have information that we want to give you. We want to be there to encourage you. We want to be there to assist you in knowing all that it is that Jesus has done for you, is doing for you, has a desire for you to be successful. So let us know through the email. And we are so happy that you have made the decision to become a family of God, part of the family of God. And we want to encourage you along the way so that you can become all that God desires for you to be. Let us know. All right. We appreciate you being a part of service. But most of all, we appreciate you accepting Christ in your life. Well, friends and families, that's it for painfully, for painful endurance. Episode number six of our series Letters to leaders. We pray that something was said today that will 
spoke you to go forward and to be that leader that walks through the pain knowing that the gifts of heaven are greater than the situations that I'm going through on earth. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.